Welcome friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. We get to start a new series this month. Faith moves our destiny. When I looked at the entire year of uh, sermons, which I've written, um, uh, this was my favorite. Last month, as you know, the relationship thing, it, it, it needed to be done. We got so many comments. Uh, I think last uh, two weeks ago, the message had 73,000 people watched online. That's a lot of people. And so many wrote in notes to say thank you for that kind of a message. We needed it. Our family needed it. You know, our marriage needed it. Our kids needed it. Um, but uh, so for those of you that didn't get to hear all those messages, um, they're online. So the ICF webpage can lead you to any of those. All the live stream audience says, now you've signed in and you're watching. You can go to any of our messages and see them. But we welcome you today, the world. Um, we've prayed today for the coronavirus attack in the world. And we believe God heard our prayers. And uh, you don't have to be afraid. God's got you. And he's going to handle this. Uh, I do believe we should take our precautions and um, do what... People are instructing us to do, let's wash our hands, let's take our vitamins, let's, let's do the things that are necessary, um, and uh, use wisdom, okay? Everybody use wisdom. Ten of you want to use wisdom. <laughs> faith moves our destiny. So that your faith might not rest in the human wisdom, but on God's power. I, as I start an entire series, remember this month will be on Faith Moves Our Destiny, I always like on the first week to kind of set you up for what God is going to teach us this month. So part of that setup is for you to understand where scriptures like this come from and why they're so important to us. So that scripture starts in verse 1, and I'm going to read to you that, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of, or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. Now, Paul is writing this, the Apostle Paul. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Man, I love that. So that your faith not might rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Isn't that really what we want? Not what man says, but what God says. You know, when you think about what Isaiah said in the verse number 9 portion of this that was written by Paul, rewritten by Paul, of Isaiah chapter 64, verse number 4, it, it's pretty clear. 
And what no human mind has conceived. And what no human mind has conceived. Now, Isaiah wrote that. Now, of all the things that Paul could have rewrote and put in Corinthians, he chose that. Now, why do you think he said that? I mean, here is the guy that wrote a lot of the New Testament, Paul. And he chose to quote Isaiah here. He was saying, look, don't use human wisdom. Because man can say they know everything. But I want you to know God knows everything. And God can do everything. So verse 9 said of Isaiah 64, but if you hear what Isaiah 64, 4 says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, man, I love that. And what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? God's got something prepared for you if you love him. I'm going to say that again. God has something prepared for you if you love him. These things of God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The definition of destiny is defined as your future or the preordained path of your life. That came from the dictionary, not from me. Cambridge Dictionary says it like this, the things that will happen in your future. So how many of you today would like to know what is going to happen to you tomorrow? Would you raise your hand? 20 people in the whole room want to know what's going to happen? Are you afraid of tomorrow? Okay, I'll ask it again because maybe Benny didn't do a good job in translation or Eric messed it up, one of the translators, okay? But I'm going to say it again. Don't laugh, Benny. How many want to know what's going to happen tomorrow? Would you raise your hand? Some of you still don't want to know? Man, you live in the back world. Wrong world. I know who holds my tomorrow. I'm saying that with full confidence. I have a confidence in my God. I have a confidence in my relationship with my God. And my God holds my tomorrow. So if faith moves, what is faith? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's Hebrews 11.1. Hope for assurance of what I don't see. I just asked you about your tomorrow. You don't see your tomorrow. But God sees your tomorrow. 
He said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you get to be. I know who holds my tomorrow. I'm going to heaven. I'm on a journey to get to heaven. And as I've told you so many times, I hope you are on that journey with me. Whether today you're watching in Copenhagen or anywhere else on the planet, I pray you're going to heaven. You know, there's only other one option. Because there is no purgatory. Listen, just because there's a billion people on the planet that believe there's a purgatory, there is no purgatory. What do you mean purgatory? Everybody know what purgatory is? Okay, how many, believe, how many know what purgatory is? Let's put it that way. Okay, so not all of you know. Purgatory is a place in between heaven and earth. You're not good enough to go to heaven. You're not bad enough to go to hell. So you go to this place that's called purgatory. I'm quoting a doctrine of a billion people. Not good enough to go to heaven, not bad enough to go to hell. I go to this place called purgatory, and over the course of decades, people will remember me, light candles, and say prayers for me so that someday I can go to heaven. Now, you think about that. That don't even make sense. If it takes decades, all the people that knew me have died. Right? They all died. They should have wrote the doctrine that within the next two years, I would get to go to heaven. But they did not write it that way. That over the course of time, that if all these people offer enough candles and say enough prayers, we can then translate you into heaven. I'm telling you, there's a heaven and there's a hell. God is preparing a place for you in heaven. If you choose to go to the other place, that's your business. But I want you to go to heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven? So in order to know your tomorrow, which is your destiny, you've got to set a course towards heaven. You set the course. We'll help you set the course, but you personally have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You personally get to say, I'm on my way to heaven. So why don't we just practice? Would you say with me, I'm on my way to heaven? Would you say that, please? Okay, let's try again because that was so weak. Let's try it again, okay? One, two, three. Hopefully everyone said that. Because if you have decided in your heart that you're on your way to heaven, then faith moves your death, destiny. So I got two points for you today. Number one, man's wisdom in the natural. Man's wisdom in the natural. 
How many of you have ever asked someone for directions and they gave you the wrong directions? Are some of you not going to, I got the wrong church here today. Is half of you still sleeping or what's up? In this city, you ask for directions and they make them up. Because they like to hear themselves talk. I'm telling you. They'll tell you to go to the store that you asked for, and they'll say, go down here, go over here, Sinestra and Nestra, and everybody else's Estra, and they'll get you, and you will end up back in the same spot, and you say, how did I get here? I would have loved to heard the translation on that, Benny. In other words, turn left, turn right, go this way, go that way, stay straight. I'm just telling you. They just make it up. How many of you have ever asked for help? You don't have to raise your hand on this one. But somebody gave you some uh, wrong information. You asked for help in a situation in your life, and somebody gave you some wrong information. See, just because it's man's words doesn't mean it's correct. Just because man wrote it in a book doesn't make it correct. We have books out there, big books, in our schools, in our libraries, written by man, that says, you came from a monkey. That's not true. There are books out there that says, you came from a theory. You were created by a theory. There are books out there that says there were two particles of dust floating around in the atmosphere somewhere and they came together and you were created. That's not true. Man's wisdom. Man's knowledge. Don't believe everything someone says. Or don't believe everything just because it's written in a book. And what no human mind has conceived. That's what Isaiah said a few thousand years ago. He said it. What no human mind has conceived. Man can make up a lot of stuff. Man says you're not valuable. Are you listening to me? Man says nobody loves you. Man says you're worthless. Man says you won't make it. Man says you'll fail. Man says you won't succeed. Man says you won't keep the job. Man says you won't pass the grades. Man says. I don't base my life on what man says. I base my life on what God says. So in the natural, man's wisdom is not real helpful, is it? Say, so, boy, you're tearing apart man. 
I'm talking about man or woman giving directions about your future without God's leading. I'm going to repeat that again. I'm talking about man or woman giving directions about your future without God's leading. So don't misinterpret what your pastor is saying today. God can give wisdom to man or woman. God can give wisdom to man or woman. You've got to make sure that you know. Because James said it like this in his prayer. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given you. So if you need wisdom, God will give it to you. But it will be God's wisdom, not natural wisdom. So don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. Man is allowed to make up their mind about whatever they want to say. They can make up the rules that they want to say. It doesn't mean it's God's ways. It doesn't mean it's God's rules. It doesn't mean what is supported from the Word of God. Man can make it up, but it doesn't make it true. But if you lack wisdom, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. And probably, if you want to be honest, every one of us should ask God for wisdom. Wisdom to be good parents. Wisdom to be good employers. Wisdom to be good employees. Wisdom to be good brothers or sisters or family members. Wisdom. Wisdom in our classes. Wisdom in our businesses. Wisdom in our decisions. God can give us wisdom. We need to ask. So this is where your faith comes in. It's like faith moves. Faith is going to move something. What will faith move? Faith will move your destiny. Your destiny is not going to move by itself. Something's going to move your destiny. Remember, what is going to happen in the future is your destiny. Look at your neighbor and say, where are you going? Look at him. It's a good question. It's a good question. I got college students, university students sitting in this room today, and their answer to that is, I'm just trying to get through this class. I got people in this room today, I'm just trying to get my documents. I got people in this room saying, I just need a job. I got people in this room trying to decide, where am I going to go for tomorrow? I know that. I got that. But in the scope of life, that is small in comparison to your destiny of life. If you know who holds your future, if you know who holds your life, and it's not man, and it's God, then I guess God can take care of us. So that we don't have to worry. 
Oh, that's scripture, isn't it? About what we may eat or what we may drink or how the birds get fed or how they don't get fed. Think about it. If God cares about the sparrows, he cares about us. And if he cares about us, he cares about our schooling. He cares about our jobs. He cares about our families. He cares. So number two says, it's God's wisdom in the supernatural. God has a plan for your life. Right now, I think my wife is up watching in America because it's six hours different. But I told her make sure she watched. So that would be uh, early. Especially for Pastor Jennifer. But I'm helping my grandson, who is 11, write a sermon for a competition that he will be preaching a five-minute sermon. Now, how do you write a sermon in five minutes? Some of you would really freak out. Some of you think, Pastor, you only preach 30 minutes now. We really are counting on one hour. Uh, at the end of this month, I have to do a dedication for Pastor Benson's church and they're celebrating 15 years, their anniversary, and they want me to come and preach that. They aren't counting on a 20-minute message, I can just tell you. There are some nationalities that if you don't give them at least an hour, they're freaking out. Something happened. The pastor must be sick. Something's wrong. In our church, because of live streaming, because of what the na nations that are sitting in this room, I, 30 minutes is about what you got. It's not what I can give you, but I know you can give me 30 minutes of your attention. But if God's wisdom for my grandson is to preach a word, and the first words out of his mouth was, God has a plan for your life. He's 11. His introduction was, God has a plan for your life. So when he sent me his notes... To say, Poppy, will you help me develop this train of thought here? Will you help me work out these sermon, this sermon so that I can tell the people that's going to listen? He's 11. And he realizes that God holds his tomorrow. He's 11. What's that say? It says he trusts his Poppy. Says he trusts his mama, his daddy, his Gigi. He trusts what he's been taught since he was a tiny little boy. He trusts the word of God. Because he knows the word of God is going to sustain him through his life. See, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this next line. Listen, if God can create you then he can also direct you do you hear what I said if God can create you then he can also direct you now for all my French speakers out there you see what I added today didn't you you're welcome because I didn't want anything lost in the translation of that statement 
for my English speakers. If God can create you, then he can also direct you. For my Italians, you can't miss that. For my Spanish, you can't miss that. And for my French speakers, you can't miss that. It's saying, listen, stop, listen. God can talk to you. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 He's got you and me, brother, in his, a little bit louder, you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got me, brother, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got the little bit in his hands. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got the whole and there's harmony in the church. Do you, all my singers, do you hear them people singing harmony in there? Maybe we need some more people in the music department. Now listen, it's not just a song. God holds you. If he can hold the world, he can hold you. So we need his wisdom. Genesis chapter 1 says it very simply. He can create the heavens. So he can hold you. He can create the earth. So he can create you. Did you hear what I said? If he can create light with his words, let there be light. Wow. Those were the words. It was utter darkness. Let there be light. He can put the stars in place. Can you see God moving a billion stars? I mean, how do you think God did it? I don't think he took the time to go boom, 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 boom. I think God just went Hello? Okay, you want a better plan? Think God just took the time to go, okay, one, two, three, four, star, boom, choom, choom, choom. No, 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 no. God just said, shoo. With his words, he said, let there be light. And he said, okay, let's divide the water from the land. Shoo. Because sometimes we get a misconception of who God is. We don't understand how powerful He is. How omnipotent He is. How, how, how resourceful He is. We, we got these preconceived ideas with the journeys of our life that, that oh God has maybe forgotten us or, or maybe we're all by ourselves, or maybe he's not as strong as he used to be or maybe he's not as forceful as he used to be or maybe he's not as creative as he used to be. But I want you to go, no, my God has not changed one bit. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
And he holds my future in his hand. He holds your future in his hand. And if he wants to say, be healed. Uh, Virus, be gone. Job, happen. Healing, happen. Paper, happen. He can do that. My God can. Because if he was up there building a house, you think God's actually using a hammer? You think God's up there paving the roads with a big machine made out of gold? Are you thinking the streets are being made out of gold with a paving machine? Hello? I think he's doing the same thing on the creation day. Creation week. Let there be gold streets. Let there be Pasquale Mansion. Let there be Helen Ware's Mansion. Let there be Joyce and Steve Danganga's Mansion. Some of you are ticked off that I didn't use your name, aren't you? If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's a mansion being created. Do you hear what I just said? If your name's written in the book, God's saying, Supernatural. God-given wisdom. What is supernatural? No eye has seen, no ear has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. If I can't conceive it, it's got to be supernatural. You know me. I got a creative mind. My mind is crazy. I mean, I'm staying up at night thinking how the building's being designed where we're putting this and where we're putting that, my mind is just going crazy. I'm serious. That's how I think. How I think we're going to reach 10 million people now. I didn't realize they put in writing. I said a million a year, didn't I? After the first five years, we reached the million. Remember in December, right? Everybody with me? Hello? Our goal in 10 years was to reach a million, right? That was our goal. I came here five and a half years ago. Let's reach a million. All right? We got a plan. I didn't know how God was going to do that, but all of a sudden, media and all the things, technology took over, and, and wow. And then we reached that goal, so I came back saying, okay, let's go with a million a year. It was printed. I just read it this week. Somebody printed that I said two million. Two million now. I got to reach two million this year. So you know what? If it's in writing, we're going to make that happen. But you know who's going to help me make that happen? You. I'll do a million, you do a million. Huh? And Nala had it right. If you would all blow up that technology today, 
and all make the connections, the share on the live stream, the Facebook live, the live stream, the YouTube live, all the lives. Just do one. Your circle of friends, that message will go like this. Shoom. Remember a few moments ago I was using shoom. Shoom. The technology is so appropriate. Benji came into my office today and said, Pastor, I think it's time for us to go to 1080p. Now, for most of you, that's Chinese. I got it. It means we're going to go faster and stronger. That's all it means. We're at 7 what right now? 780? 720. We're at 720. We need to go to 1080. Them tech kids are going to make this work. I'm just telling you. And what that means is we're going to go faster and bigger and more powerful to get the word out. And more cleaner. I'm going to look better. Thank God. Yeah, thank you, Joyce. I need a little help, don't I? I've said that to say this. I really believe and I trust the Lord in directing your destiny. My faith, our faith, is in God. So our faith moves our destiny. Would you say it with me? Our faith moves our destiny. You see, I added a word, didn't I? Some of you quick readers realize that. I put the word our in there for this last statement. Our destiny. Your family's destiny. Do you hear what I just said? I said, my, my, my family's not all saved. It's just a matter of time. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. Acts 16, 31. It's a promise of God. God doesn't break promises. You say, oh, they're too far gone. Nobody's too far gone. God loves us so much, he has a plan for our life. If Rocco, at 11 years of age, can say those words, you can believe those words. He didn't get those words just made up. He believes them. I want you to believe them. You don't want to miss this month. This was an introduction to a month that I'm going to love. Because not only... I love this kind of preaching style. This was my teaching moment today because I wanted you set up for this month. I wanted you to understand where Paul was taking his writing to, re re to create for us what he wrote in Corinthians, how Isaiah was based on what his prophecies were about foretold. I use that as the communion message today. You hear how the correlation comes together. It's amazing. God knew it a few thousand years ago. He knew it 4,000 years ago. He used it, knew it 2,000 years ago. He knows it now. And guess what? He knows it tomorrow. He knows your destiny. If you'll put your faith and trust in God, 
Would you pray? Today you've heard a word from the Lord, and I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me, I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now, I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm going to pray a second prayer, and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. God, you're a big God, and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life, and I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you, and join us next week.